0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. All right, you guys are all here. Great to have you here. And my name's John Adams, lead pastor, and uh, wanna welcome you here and those who are online and just uh, pray for you. Just as we are going through this series, which has been a great series, I love being in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, we've been looking at the uniqueness of Jesus and his story, and it's not hard to find how unique he really is. Like a couple of weeks ago, you remember how four friends grabbed their paralytic buddy. And they carried him to that house, and it was so crowded, they had to cut a hole in the roof and lower him down. And Jesus, by his power, forgave him and healed him. And, and you know, we ask the question is, you know, you know, are you bringing your friends to Jesus? And what are you bringing your friends to? And then, yeah, wow, <laughs> made me think. And then last week, we saw in Luke chapter 7, uh, where the woman who is known as the sinful woman, that was her title in her community. She came to Jesus and was at his feet, and he forgave her. And that's the kind of God we have, who seeks and saves those who are lost, those who know their need. And she began to worship at his feet and served him. And and, uh, we saw just, you know, and asked that question is, What's keeping you from the feet of Jesus? And so today we're, uh, we're entering into uh, Luke chapter 15. And uh, in the gospel of Luke, there are actually 14 unique parables only found in Luke's gospel. And we find the last three in Luke 15. And they are the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son. And so we're going to focus on the third, a very familiar passage, but so important for every one of us to be refreshed in his gospel and grace, the parable of the prodigal or the lost son. So we come to God's word and I remind you, this is the word of God and we just want to put ourselves under its great authority and under our Lord. So Luke 15, verse number one says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So let me pause for a moment there at the end of verse 1 and 2, and we see here that this, I mean, this is the thing that drives us crazy, are these religious leaders, and Jesus called them out constantly. He said over and over again, my mission is to save those who understand their need and their sin. And, And here, the religious guys, the Pharisees, who kept a lot of laws and wanted everyone to keep them the same way they did, they are saying, that guy is just hanging out and saving, helping eating with sinners. And so stay away from him. He can't be trusted. And so Jesus goes on to tell a parable. I mean, the guy, Jesus is so patient, but he's clear. And we come to the parable of the prodigal in verse number 11. And he said, this is Jesus, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, forgive me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the reading of God's glorious word. Thanks be to him. So today we are seeing from this parable how wonderful the Father's grace is, and it's so completely undeserved. You see, the father never stops pursuing his sons and daughters. And from today's passage, we're going to see this and be invited to run to the love of the father. You know, God's love is so great, so rich, so true. We are either running to him and his love or we're running away from him. So which way are you running today? Are you running away from God or running to him? So first of all, we're going to see from this passage where it talks about running to the father. And it's so interesting that he talks first about the younger brother who was the prodigal. Who who left home, who shamed his dad, who asked his dad to sell all of his possessions. You know, they were agrarian people, so it was probably he sold all of his property And he had to divide it among his two sons. And In this story, we see the unfailing love and devotion of the father who gladly welcomes his rebellious son. He forgives him and he welcomes him home. You see, the father is mentioned 12 times in this passage, and that's important. And he's continually looking for the lost son in his return. Verse 20 says this, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. The older brother stayed home like, like, um, sort of like the religious leaders of that day who were thinking, hmm, we're going to earn the father's love by our good works. So did the older brother think that. You see, in a Jewish family, the older brother would get two-thirds of the inheritance and the younger brother would get it one third. Now I'm a younger brother and I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> but that's how it was. And the father here divides his inheritance among his or to gives his inheritance to his younger son that he demanded. And in verse 12 we see this. He demands it. And 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 this would be a shameful thing for for anyone to do in our day. Can you imagine doing that with your your, uh, family? You know, I, I know, actually I know one family in this church where in essence the son said to his dad, I want basically my inheritance before you die. What? Is this a transactional relationship? This doesn't seem like much of a relationship at all. But the son was so focused on him, on himself, on grabbing the money and living the life, whatever it was that he wanted, he was pursuing. And so so we see this And, and he goes in verse 13, we see that the younger brother takes his inheritance. He goes to a distant country to go pursue his pleasures. Of course, that's super shameful. And in Israel and Jewish families didn't leave home ordinarily. So this was, this was shocking to the readers of that day. And he goes on, and he verse 13 says, he squandered all of, all of his father's inheritance that he gave him in reckless living. Wow. There doesn't seem to be much hope for this guy, right? He should be written off. You know, go live under some bridge, whatever, the rest of your life. He found himself impoverished. So much so that verse 16 says he longed for the pods, which were the dried leaves of the carob uh, tree fed to pigs. <laughs> the irony is, this is even the pigs, this was a huge slam for a, for a kosher Jewish person. Do you get it? Even the pigs were eating better than this man. (laughs) Without hope, really, the younger brother turned towards home and to his father, and notice his plea in verse 19. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. But the father Absolutely shocks him. Verse 20 says, he was full of compassion for the son. Would you be that way? Towards a prodigal that returned? Do you have friends that are prodigal or family members? Is it compassion that's welling up in our hearts? This father representing our Father God, compassion wells up, and the word means literally out of the depths of his bowels. This is very deep. This is the deep rest, recesses of the Father's heart. He's moved with genuine feeling towards this son who couldn't have done really worse towards him. But how could the Father forgive him? It was because Our God, this picture of our God is a God of compassion and love, Psalm 103. As far as, and his depths of his love are so wonderful, so gracious, so abounding. And so the Father does not only see the Son, he runs towards him. He lifts up his traditional robe. You can imagine it. And this would not be done in that culture either. This would be also shameful for the father. But he does it because he is so filled with compassion for his returning prodigal. I love the the words of Charles Spurgeon, a preacher from 1800s, commenting on this passage. He says, and here is the wonder that when we had no love for God, he, when, that when we had no love for God, he should have love for us. He should have loved us. This is amazing. This should be astounding and staggering to each one of us. Those of us who do know Jesus is our God, our hearts should be really leaping with, with joy and delight for what Christ has done for us, what our Father has done with welcoming us. You see, God never stops pursuing you if you're his kid. You didn't earn his love, and you can't can't lose his love by your works. So the younger son replies in verse 21. He still doesn't believe what's going on. He sees his dad, but he's like, "Mm, this isn't gonna last. And he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father keeps caring for him and treating him and pursuing him with love. Verse 22 and 23 shows us he gives him a party, a robe, a ring, and sandals. He was treating him as a child, not a hired worker, because He was a son, not based on anything he did or his behavior, but based on the father's choice and his love for his son. So this this story shows us that we, are we running to the father? Are we constantly turning from our sin and running away from that lifestyle or the choices that we're, we tend to make, the things that distract us, that kind of woo us or tempt us or have led us down a wrong path. At any moment, we need to stop and say, God, I'm turning. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've been running, running, running to this and this and this, but it's just one step stop and turn to the love of the Father. And there he is with welcoming arms for you and me. Running to the Father. We see that in this passage. But we also see, secondly, running from the Father. You see, there's another son in this story. It's the elder brother who was angry and refused to come into the presence of the Father in his home when he saw how the Father treated his younger brother with such forgiveness and grace. You know, sometimes this, he, he actually was despising grace. The grace of the Father. Uh, in some of our groups, we're reading an accompanying booklet that's go, going through these very passages by Becky Pippert. And she has the quote for this week by C.S. Lewis, who was once asked what he believed to be unique about Christianity. Christianity. His reply was, oh, oh, that's easy. It's grace. Grace is God's undeserved love that cannot be earned, but is freely given to all who accept his offer of it. Grace. This elder brother was struggling. He could not grasp, understand, comprehend grace. Do you understand it? Do you know how great God's grace is? Is it changing our hearts? Is it melting kind of the hard, crusty places where we kind of rely on other things? Verse 29 goes on in the story, and we see that the older brother answers his father. He says this, Look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. You know, in essence, the the older brother is saying this, Father, you owe me for all my hard work. I've been good. I've stayed home. I deserve the party. Not that one. But look at the tender but clear response of the father. Verse 31 My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So what do you think God owes you? Man, it's, it's so easy to begin to think that way. Even, you know, like maybe you've been working really hard and budgeting and your family and you've been trying to keep God's commands and worship God and and yet you're struggling with paying the bills. And yet you see your neighbor next door and who's who's not really doesn't care about God is really not working that hard seemingly and he just bought his fourth sports car. And you're thinking what? Why? Why would they do that? Or maybe you see someone here in this church that, you know, that comes back. Imagine this. If a prodigal returned after years and years, I mean, would we be like the father and just be running after that person with compassion and love? Or would we be like, hmm, they don't really belong here. Yeah, we can we can we can so easily fall in to an old elder brother mindset thinking that you know I've done good works, I've done a lot. God, I've earned your grace. <laughs> I've earned your favor by my efforts. And it's a lie. So here we, we see that we can fall into the, the mindset and the sin of the older brother. We can think our good works have earned God's love. And it, it makes me think about the rich young ruler, Luke 18, where Jesus asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he thought about it and he said, well, I kept all the commandments. I've done everything you've said. I've done the good works. I've sort of earned everything that you've said I need to do. I've accomplished it. And Jesus said, one thing you still lack. Sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. And when the rich young ruler heard about this, verse 23 of that passage, chapter 18, it says he became very sad. He realized you know, all his good works would not, could not earn him. Jesus favored that moment. His performance was not enough. remember uh, years ago, uh, a, a, a theologian named John Gerstner said, what we have to repent of is sometimes not just our bad works, but he said this, we have to repent of our damnable good works. Because we think. We keep the rules. We do enough. Lord, you got to accept me. So some of us today are, who have been followers for years... Uh, we could become, you know, easily hardened to uh, prodigals. But as God works in us to, to grow us and run to Him, we will grow in compassion. Are we filled with compassion for the younger brothers around us? I mean, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, our family members. Those people, not every person in the world. I'm talking about just the people God puts in your pathway. Those younger brothers. Are we filled with a compassion for them? And and are we then praying for them? That's one way we can respond. Are we caring for them in just practical ways to show them Christ's love? And, And are we then listening to God, and how, to, how can I share with them about how great the Father's love is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? You see, as he fills our hearts with compassion, we will want to care for more and more for those who we normally would not reach out to. May God help us as a church to be that kind of people, to care for those prodigals. And as we are are moved by the wonder of God's grace, that we are fully forgiven and completely accepted by God, our hearts will also grow in thankfulness to God and his grace toward us. And I always want to pause for just a moment and say, thank you, God, for your love and forgiveness. Wouldn't it be great if our hearts were welling up with that phrase? Let me just say it one more time. Thank you, God, for our love and forgiveness. Can we just say that out loud? And before we do, let's ask God to fill our hearts with delight and wonder for forgiving and loving us again as we say this. And not just say this. Say words. So let's say this together. Thank you, God, for your love and forgiveness. Yeah, thank you. Change us by it, Lord. Cause our lives to be, yes, more grateful. Cause our hands in our service to be more generous with our time. Cause us to be, throughout the day, just more looking forward to as we meet the prodigals. To care for them and pray for them and and share with them as God leads us. Fill us with God's compassion anew and afresh today, Lord. You see, and also realizing in, in, in summary in this message is this is kind of hard news for me when I first realized this. That we're, we're not just one or the other of these brothers or sons in this story. We're both. Do you realize that? We, and sometimes we're prodigal. And we're doing bad stuff because of our sin. And sometimes we're like an elder brother. We're we're, we're relying on our good works. And either direction, either way is running from God. And God is just saying, pause, hit the pause. You've been running, running, running. Just stop and turn to me. One step towards me. I'm running towards you. No matter what, the Father is always running toward you. Do you know how great, how wide, how high, how long, how deep is the love of the Father for you and me? Lord, fill us today Fill us afresh with your grace, love, and forgiveness. Please, Lord, convince us. Convince us of your love for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.